It's time for today's Lucky Land horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Turns and conditions apply. Welcome to the Rocky Top Roundtable. I am Austin Price, joined by Eric Kane, Rob Lewis, and Brent Hubbs. It's Texas A&M week, big game 3.30, Tennessee coming off the bye week, so they've had two weeks to prepare for an Aggies team that almost beat Alabama for the second straight time in, in College Station, but came up just a little bit close. Yeah, a really talented Texas A&M team. Um, didn't play well in the second half, played really well in the first half. Uh, defensively, didn't in the second half, but, but Rob, there's no, there's no questioning the talent, particularly on the defensive side of the ball, uh, that, that A&M is rolling out with Saturday afternoon in Needham Stadium. Yeah, the, the front seven is super disruptive. They've been super efficient. I mean, Alabama really struggled to, to run the ball against them. Ended up averaging less than a yard, a yard, one yard per carry. Now, a lot of that was because of sacks, but even taking that out, the, Texas A&M pretty much dominated uh, the line of scrimmage with their front seven. Yeah, I think I think line of scrimmage is going to be key to, to this game, both for Tennessee and for Texas A&M, offensively, defensively. Uh, more on that Aggies defense. I mean, it's it is stout from the front all the way to the back, but it's it's really good at the line of scrimmage on the defensive line. It's good at linebacker. There's opportunity there in the back end. The key of the game, I think, will be can Joe Milton take advantage of that in the secondary for A&M. Let's talk throwing the ball deep first. I mean, I, Eric just brought it up. Uh, this is going to be a chance for Tennessee if they can protect well enough. We'll have the opportunity to take some shots. One would think. I mean, because one of the things in watching that game on Saturday against Alabama is there was a lot of single safety high look, and so when you do that, uh, you're putting your corners out on the island a good bit. Now Tim Banks said on, or excuse me, Joey Halsey said on Tuesday that they mix it up a quite a bit with what they do. But man, I saw a lot of man coverage and basically left Alabama with the opportunity to throw some 50-50 balls. The question is, can Tennessee complete things vertically down the field? Well, and can they protect? Because I mean, Texas A&M. As they played one more game than Tennessee, but they lead the SEC in sacks. They got after Alabama. They got 24 on the year. Uh, they got the Milrow a lot, but like you're saying, they played. They paid for it. You know, it was feast or famine, and, and Milrow hit enough shots against that man. Those man-to-man looks, you know, to overcome the struggles they had in, in protecting the quarterback. And I, it may be the same story for Tennessee on Saturday. Can Joe Milton hit just enough of those those 50-50 balls? Well, and. Joe's to me going to have to be able to move around a little bit like you know I mean I, the pocket you know he, he's going to have to be able to be you know sidestep a defender you know move around just I mean, I'm not saying you got to run but yeah. at the same time you you can't just stay stagnant you got to do something that he's not really done well um, throughout his career and that's throwing the run again doesn't mean that you're going to have to take off and and have 50 to 60 yards of you know rushing yards or whatever in this game. But you're going to have to get out of the pocket. You're going to have to step up in the pocket. You're going to have to move around a little bit because that front is coming. More on that Milrow stuff from Alabama in the game before, as Rob was mentioning. I mean, as a Tennessee fan, that should give you some confidence, right? I mean, the stats, Brent, don't look great down the field passing for Milton or Tennessee this year. But if you just kind of say, all right, which one's the better passing quarterback, most everybody's going to take Joe Milton. Um, and, and so that should give you some confidence moving forward that, hey, you're going to get those one-on-one matchups. Now, can you connect on them? Yeah, we'll see. I mean, Tennessee's just not hit him enough. I think for no. Joe, it's not about rushing yards, positive yards, but it's can he take and avoid second and 14 and make that second and eight instead? That's going to be the key. I don't know that he's going to run and throw on the run and do all those types of things. He just has to scramble out of trouble, AP. 
to keep them out of third and super long plays. He's got to avoid that negative. And you've got to be able to run the ball effective enough to keep them honest. Yeah, and to do that, you've got to stay committed to the run. Which is you, something they didn't do at Florida. And they didn't do it in the second quarter against South Carolina. They had 88 yards rushing in the first quarter, Hub, one, one carry what, in the what's, second what's quarter. What's the stat? 150 yards? 150 yards is the number. Now the question is, can Tennessee get to that? Because Texas A&M has not given up 150 yards. 144 to Auburn's the most they've given up. Can Tennessee effectively run the football and stay committed to running the football when it feels like you're beating your head against the wall from time to time? And, and you mentioned the second quarter of South Carolina, and what was crazy about that is Tennessee had had great success in the first quarter. What did they run, 89, 90 yards? 88 yards. Average, you know, six, seven yards a pop, and then to have one, you know, just one carry. And, I'm, you know, I'm sure there's probably formation, you know, stuff, numbers in the box that I'm not aware of, but still, that's – that was pretty dramatic to see, you know, Josh just seemingly forget about it when it was clicking. You flip, go ahead, Eric. I was just going to say this A&M defense, I mean, it went from first to, or last to worst to first. There we go, so far through six games. Gave up 208 yards rushing a season ago. So far through six games, only 84 yards given up on average uh, this season. So, uh, again, it's going to be a challenge for those front five for Tennessee. Who's going to be those front five? We'll find out. The tight ends and all three of the running backs. Well, and quick point for Texas A&M has been great at generating negative plays in the run game. And if I'm not mistaken, Tennessee had no negative yardage runs last week in South Carolina. Yeah. But that's going to be something to watch this week. Texas A&M's also been great at chunk plays down the field uh, as far as hitting deep balls. That's probably what Max Johnson's best at. He really, you know, does throw a nice deep ball. Question is, is was he like in the short to intermediate range? Because Tennessee's going to likely try to get after him, and if he's having to, you know, draw back and try to throw it, Tennessee's ability to get to the quarterback increases. Well, and Tennessee's got to eliminate the chunk play themselves. I mean, they've given up. That's been the bugaboo for this defense. It's not been a bunch of chunk plays, but it's been one or two a game ugly chunk plays. They gave up a 43-yard touchdown pass to UTSA, 75-yard touchdown run to South Carolina, 60-yard run to Florida, 45-yard or 43-yard run to the quarterback against Austin P. They've got to avoid that misfit you know, or that misplay of a ball that ends up in a big play, missed tackle in the open field. Tennessee's got to avoid those things. And you just got to think Texas A&M's going to take shots downfield. That, that still, to me, is the most baffling thing about the South Carolina games. They never tried to throw it deep on Tennessee the entire night. I, I just think they had no confidence in protected Rattler. And, I mean, you wonder how Texas A&M is going to be with that. Prior, Alabama really got after Johnson mm -hmm. and, and the quarterback. But prior to that, on Saturday, Texas A&M had been really good in pass protection. So that, to me, that's going to be a huge key, you know, as it is every game, but as good as Tennessee was against South Carolina, I know, I know you've talked about it, Brent. It's, it's the best, the most cohesion that we've seen with the pass rush, the secondary. And I, you know, the, the secondary took advantage of, of how much pressure they were getting. Eric, I'm interested to see who matches up with, with you know, Texas A&M's tight end, Max Johnson's brother. I, I think that that's going to be a, a, an interesting I guess matchup because I mean he's really you know Jake is really athletic. Yep. So the question is is you know who who guards him who guards him best for Tennessee? It's kind of that security blanket as well. I mean to a sense every time especially when they're brothers, right? Yeah, I mean it's kind of like that you know years and years and years of throwing together. Kind of kind of like backyard football. Nothing's there. Let me dump it off. And so that I, I agree completely whether it's Aaron Beasley or. You know, Elijah Herring, a Tennessee linebacker, whether it's Wesley Walker. Um, if they're lined up on the line, it's going to be imperative for Tyler Barron, for James Pierce, Roman Harrison, 
to get hands on that tight end to slow him down a little bit. But I think that's going to be a big key. you got to watch in the second, third layer of the defense uh, for that tight end because that's somebody that Max Johnson, his brother, he's going to go after. And can Tennessee's defensive front be effective enough that, Mac, that, that the little Johnson, the younger Johnson, has to stay in and chip or has to stay in and max protect a little yeah. bit to help out? That could go a long way to defending the tight end as well if he has to stay more tied into the offensive front to help pass protect because of James Pierce and Tyler Barron off the edge. All the talk this week of A&M's defensive line, A&M's defensive line, A&M's defensive line, how much do you think that helps Tennessee's defensive line? Because all of a sudden now they're not the ones talked about as much. Do you feel like that that's, they can come in with a chip on their shoulder? Well, I, I think the bigger chip on Tennessee's defensive line shoulder is every time Rodney Garner references the Florida game and pulls up tape of the Florida game because they didn't play very well. And Rodney Garner spoke openly about it, how bad of a lesson that was to learn. They certainly used that against South Carolina as their fuel. And I guarantee you Rodney Garner is reminding them of what happens when you don't show up and you don't play at the level you're supposed to play at. I think that's his biggest motivator for this defensive line. I think so too. And again, it really it was just kind of a quarter. It was such a bad quarter defensively and defensive line. but. That's all it takes, and that's what lost you the game in Florida. A&M's defensive line, you know, looks is similar to what Florida does, at least from what Tennessee's seen so far this year. So it's going to be a challenge, and I like the way that the defensive lineman, Tyler Barron, and some of these other guys, they always reference, you know, Coach Gardner shows us everything we could still be doing. Like, in no way have they arrived. Uh, they, they've done well so far in spots, but they could be doing so much more. And so I do think that could be a chip on your shoulder and say, hey, well, all the talks on the A&M defensive line, what about us in front of the home crowd? Should be a good thing to watch. It's Tennessee. It's Texas A&M, 3.30 on Saturday. For the guys, I'm Austin Price for the Rocky Top Roundtable. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chumpacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chumpacasino.com welcome to the family no purchase necessary vgw group void where prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply